Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. But God is good, and I'm going to preach down here. But this morning we were, um, and speaking of what Pastor Joanne was talking about, um, God can use whoever's willing. Amen. He doesn't look for people who've got it going on. He doesn't look for people who got the money. He doesn't look for people who've got the looks. And that's why I'm okay. Because <laughs> uh, growing up, I was called monkey boy all of my life. Anyways, but a woman loves me and she's my wife, so that's all that matters. But anyways, but God can use you if you're willing and if you're humble. But if you're not, you're not going to be used by God. You can preach, but if you're not humble and willing, you're not going to be used by God. Amen? You can sing, you can rap, and brother... <clears throat> Wish I could do that. <laughs> that was awesome. And you know, some people think like, oh man, rap music, oh. And I'm not going to get too deep into that because some of you may not like that and may not approve of it. But you know what? When God looks down and sees the brother's heart like that, man, he approves of it. Amen? Doesn't matter what style it is. And I'm going on a deep rabbit trail here. But brother, you got it. And, and, all, and, and Nola, Ola, praise God for your word. And just everyone who spoke tonight. It's just been a good night. Amen? So we're all still alive and ready for God's Word. But anyways, this morning um, in Aurelia, which is about two hours, 15 minutes north approximately, depending on traffic, uh, we have our church. Um, my dad and my mom and my wife and I uh, lead the church. We planted it two and a half years ago. And, um, two and a, before we moved there, we were in Kitchener-Waterloo my whole life. This has been my home. I see all the things that I've seen my whole life when I come back here, and it's always nice to come back. But this is not my home anymore. It really is my home. But when we first moved to Aurelia, I hated it so much. But we knew that God had us there. And as we went week by week and month by month, I would need to sit down with you for two hours at least over a Tim Hortons coffee to explain to you all the junk that we've gone through up there. But it's all good because God ordained all that junk to come our way so that we could be where we're at for His glory today. Amen? Amen. And where we're at... And where we're at today, there's still lots of junk. But praise God, he pulls us through the hard times. Amen? And so my school, my Bible college, has not been your typical Bible college. I call it the school of Aurelia, and the school of wilderness in Aurelia, and the school of hardship, and the school of letdown, and the school of financial nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? But I give God the glory because His will is perfect for us. No matter where you're at, no matter who you are, if, you, if you're out there doing what you think you need to do, but God doesn't want you doing that, you're out of God's will. And again, I'm getting out of myself. But this morning, we were blessed to have Fateen Crisco come to our church. And I don't know if, who knows Fateen. She's well known around Canada. And God's using her. She's an evangelist around Canada. She's got a heart for the nation. And God just opened an amazing door for her to come and speak at our church this morning. And one thing she said stuck out of my mind. She's, she's got a heart for young people like yourselves. And a heart for the nation. She's a wonderful woman of God. And it was great to meet her, heart, to meet her and to, to hear her heart. But she said one thing this morning that just struck me hard. And she said, it's time God is looking for a young generation to rise up and to take a stand for Jesus Christ. And everyone goes, Woo! Yeah! Amen! Yeah! That's me, Lord! That's me! And when she said that, I'm like, Yes, God! Yes, God! Yes, God! But then part of me is like, God! But so many people can hoot and holler and be oh, and so excited. Did you hear what I'm saying? But yet they don't really mean it. Are you with me? Because what it is, and it can be the greatest deception in today's young generation, it's called emotions. 
Because, and I'm not knocking like Acquire the Fire. I love Acquire the Fire. Ron Lewis, he's a great mentor. I love Ron Lewis, man of God. And Acquire the Fire is, is God's using that all across North America. But if people are going there just for the emotional rush with 5,000 other screaming kids, Jesus, Jesus, and they're, so they're like, Jesus, Jesus, but it doesn't hit home. It's not coming from the heart. It's coming from the flesh. It's empty. Because I saw a young man, I took him there three years ago in my youth group from Kitchener. We went there for the first time. I was like, man, this is awesome. The Spirit of God was in that place. It was, he was. The Holy Ghost was there. And there was opportunity for a real heart change in young people. And I saw the young, maybe in the 20 kids I took, and a lot of them that I've never seen this do before at our church, but now they're there and they're, and they're crying and weeping. I was like, praise God. And they're just, oh God, and they're running to the altar with, with all the other thousands of kids. Are you with me? And I'm like, and I'm like, praise God. God's doing a great thing. But that very week, they're in the same junk that they were in before. And it's like, why? Why? Because it's the flesh. And we have got to get on board the Holy Spirit. And we've got to, tonight, the title of my message, if you want to put one, is engaging our spirits. We've got to equip and engage and release our spirits with the power of the Holy Spirit so that that becomes our life. And that becomes our drive. And we leave this flesh behind. Because the flesh, oh my goodness, it can deceive us so much. The enemy can use the flesh. The tingly winglies. There's nothing wrong with the tingly winglies. I like when that happens to me in church. Are you with me? When you feel the tingly winglies in your body. It's like, oh, praise God. But it's got to go deeper, amen? It's got to go deeper. Jesus tells a parable of the sower. And the first, there's four parts to this story. And he's like, a man, a farmer was out sowing seed. And the first, some of the seed, the first one is it lands on the wayside. A lot of you know this, in the road. And we all know that if I put road on King Street here, uh, seed on the road, and try watering it, what's, it's, I'm going to look like a fool and get hit by a bus or something. It's not going to do nothing. That's the wayside. And then the second one is, which hits home tonight what I'm talking about, the second one is, is that he plants the seed and it lands on stony ground. There's some soil there, but there's also stones. Amen? And so he said that these people, that the, the seed, the word of God, is, the seed represents the word of God, the truth of the gospel, amen? And so that seed lands on this stony ground with just a little bit of soil. And so immediately they're like, oh, Jesus, I love you, I'm yours forever. God, I'm a new man, I'm a new creature. And God's like, yes, yes, yes. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And that very week, just like my young brother in my old youth group, bam, back in the same thing. Why? And Jesus explained it. He said, because there's no root. There's no roots. You're not rooted. You're not grounded in Christ. You're not grounded in your faith in Jesus that no matter what comes, no matter what, and Jesus says, immediately, the Bible says immediately, trials and tribulations and hardships and temptations and struggles and all these, these, this junk comes and immediately that immediate, whoa, is gone. Why? Because they got no root. Because they are not walking in the spirit and their spirits are not engaged. It's all a flesh thing. And I've been there many times. And it, it's a, man, it's a process to get you out of that. Yeah. And I thank God that taking me to Aurelia and facing all the hardships that, I, that my wife and I have gone through. By the way, my wife's the most incredible woman. She's, oh, I love her so much. But she had to take our kids uh, back to the hotel because it's just getting late. So, But I love you, sweetheart. Anyways, sorry. Getting kind of mushy. But you hear what I'm saying? We need to engage our spirits. Amen? I'm not here to stir up your flesh 
I'm not here to be liked. I'm not here to be hooting. Oh, man, preach. I'm not here for that. You can do it if you want. But I'm not here for that, okay? I'm here because God gave me this specific word so, so clearly that I was to come here tonight to sign the, 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 to, to flash the light bulbs, to sign the warning sign. Boom, boom. Engage your spirits. Get out of the flesh and engage your spirits. So on that note, open your Bibles. If it's up on the screen, it's New King James, if they have it up there. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. I'll get there. Matthew 26, 31 to 35. <clears throat> and where we're at here in the scripture is Jesus and his disciples uh, are in the upper room. And they're about to leave the upper room. And Jesus is about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we all know the story from there. He goes to the cross. Amen? So we look here, Matthew 26, verse 31. We read, And Jesus said to them, speaking of his disciples, He says, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, Peter, that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said back to Jesus, Even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Everyone said, Lord, no way, not me. I want you guys to know, and many of you know this, that when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, just like my brother had an had a, a incredible uh, moment with Jesus Christ, and he said it was Jesus, he changed him. When it's a real true, because there's a lot of false conversions out in this world. There's a lot of false conversions which, goes, which entices with flesh, with feelings. You know what I mean? When, when, when you say you're a Christian, but the fruit says everything but, right? And Jesus says, you'll know my people by, my, by their fruit, by what they're listening to, by what they're watching to, by the way they treat their husbands, their wives, their children, by the way they hold themselves, the integrity of their lives. And Jesus says, that's how you're going to know them. And so when people just say, I'm, everyone's Christian, I mean, I heard, a, I heard a statistic that like, and I don't want to get it wrong, but like something like 80% or something like that of North Americans are Christians. Praise God. Look at the fruit. All in Hollywood and TV and media. Oh, that's, praise God. He must be glorified with these 80% of Christians. But that's the reality of the church, as even was spoken tonight. Where's the church at today? It's pathetic, really. But praise God, you guys are in a church that has been taught the word, the straight up word. Amen? And so when you're taught that good word, that good seed, fruit just starts to come out. Because the power of that word, amen? And the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, but the fact is, is that even when you have a real, true conversion with Jesus Christ, you are absolutely changed. You lose the drugs, you lose the sex, you lose the, the pride, and you lose all the, the past, and you truly are walking a new life in Christ, praise God. Even still, even still, we are not, bam, there. We are not super Christians. We're not. Right? Am I right? Because I know I'm not. If there's any here, show me your hand because I'd love to talk to you and see how you do it. Right? 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Even people who are truly serving God are not, they've not arrived. They don't have that S on their belly. They are not super Christians. And the reason why is because we still live in this sinful, wicked, selfish, no good, disgusting, filthy flesh. Amen? Because the only intentions of this flesh in me, the only intentions I have are for me. What can please me? Physically, mentally, financially, sexually, every kind of e-way. That's the flesh. And so even though you got the Holy Spirit and the power of God and you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you're just living for God and you're walking in obedience, you still fall because you're in the flesh. But God's grace, praise God. God's grace, praise God. And so that's the reason why is because we're still walking in this flesh. So we're left with two choices. We have two choices, not three or four, not one, but we have two. We can either continue as Christians, walking in the flesh, living our lives the same, going to church Sunday mornings, looking the look, acting the part, or we can truly rise up and say, God, I'm tired of the flesh, I'm tired of the hoax, I know I'm not truly living for you, and I want to walk in the Spirit. And I want to engage my spirit with your spirit so that I can truly represent Jesus Christ. Will I be perfect? No way. But I will truly be representing Jesus Christ. Because when I fall, I can say it's okay. My Father will pick me back up. And He'll wash away my sins. And I can walk the path again. Amen? And that's where God wants His people. And that's exactly where His people are not. Some are, praise God. But the majority, I believe, and I say it with love, are not. And I'm a, who am I? I'm a 26-year-old man. But God has taught me so much. And he's opened up his heart to me. Why? Because I've said, Lord, I want to seek you. I want to know you more than anything else in this life. And the way he's done it is by going through all this hardship and junk. Because I'm willing. And I say that humbly, guys. I don't boast in myself. Who on earth am I? So we have two choices. We can engage our spirits and say, Lord, I want to walk in truth. I want to walk according to the word of God, in the spirit of God, in the power of God. I want to please you, Lord, with my life. Or I, can walk, I just want to walk in my flesh and look to look, but really I'm just, I'm not there. Amen? Those are the two choices that you and myself, we are left with those two choices. The book of uh, Galatians 5, 16 to 17 says this, Paul says, walk in the Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts or wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So, don't, uh, so you don't do the things you want to do. Paul says, walk in the Holy Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lusts of your flesh. Right? You won't. And so the question that arises, I know in my heart so often, and now I have a clear understanding of what it really is, is, well, how do I walk in the Holy Spirit? Does that mean I go to work speaking out in tongues while I'm working? Does that mean I try laying hands on people all the time? Does that mean I, I, I carry my Bible every single place I go, and I'm just preaching it, preaching it, preaching it, and that's walking in the Spirit? No. That's not walking in the Spirit. Those are good things. And those are gifts from God. And those are all part of walking in the Spirit. Those are all part of it. But that is not walking in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you tonight, according to the Word, what I believe truly is walking in the Holy Spirit. Is that okay with you? Amen. 
The, uh, the, the answer is here, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every single thing about us brought into captivity to obedience of Jesus. That is walking in the Holy Spirit when every single moment of every day you're just so fanatical. I'd rather be called crazy and whacked out for Jesus and fanatical than complacent and lukewarm. I don't care what people think of me no longer because as my brother said, what life are we living for? It's not. And and my sister Joanne, she said, it's the vapor. It comes and gone. It's gone. Poof. Gone. So what are we going to live for? And so he says, bringing even arguments. He says arguments. Sometimes I argue with my wife. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring those into captivity. Mm, Shut the mouth of you, boy. Don't be arguing with your wife. That's my daughter. Respect her. Amen? And I argue with her more than I should. Even today, I argued with my wife. But the Holy Spirit wants to bring arguments. And every single thought. how How many have wild thoughts sometimes? When we, and it so easily gets away from us, but the Holy Spirit, when He says, Lord, when you're about, when you think of a wrong thought, immediately say, God, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. I want to please you. If you guys wake up every single day of your lives, and the, and, and how you go about living that day, based on one question, God, how can I please you today? You get up the next day, God, how can I please you today? Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, Lord, make it clear to me because I'm kind of dumb. I need to know God very clearly. He will show you because then you start to walk in the Holy Spirit. And then you're living the good life. Amen? Then you got the power of God and the favor of God upon you and people see Christ in you and they say, they, they see that light that you're shining for just because. You don't got to say nothing and people see Jesus in you. I want that. I forget who it was. I don't want to, I forget, an old man of God, he walked into a warehouse and the power of God and the anointing of God was upon this man. I forget his name. Maybe it was Finney. It was a Finney. And he walked into this warehouse where I think they were sewing or doing some sort of work at a desk. And out of nowhere, they all stopped and looked at him because they saw Jesus. And if I'm correct, that day, like, if not all of them, just received Christ and was just weeping at the power of God. Oh, but that's Finney. That's Spurgeon. That's Wilkerson in New York, that powerful man of God. That's these old men. Who am I, a 26-year-old man who can't even grow facial hair, and yet I want to be so powerful and filled with the Holy Ghost so that I walk into a store, I walk into Walmart, and people say, Wow, Jesus? I want that. Do you know that God wants us to want that? But instead, we want all these things. Instead, we want all these things. <laughs> Amen. Obedience. Every single moment of every single day. I'm, I am so imperfect at this. And I will never have this down pat, and neither will you. But if it's your cry of your heart, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. I want to obey you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. Everything else will fall into place. I've learned since going to Aurelia that it's not ministry. It's not how good I can preach. 
It's not how much I can pray. It's not how much I can do things for God. Because when you put Him first, He just puts everything else in place. If I pray and I love Jesus more than anything else or anyone else, then I'm going to be a powerful preacher. That's just how it happens. But if I'm putting other things before Jesus, but I got Bible college, but I'm, you know, I know every book in the Bible and I'm, I'm a theologian, not knocking that at all. Hear my heart. But I'm not putting Jesus first. How can I expect to be a powerful preacher? Are you with me? And it goes for rapping. It goes for working in the plant. It work, it's being a stay-at-home mom like my wife is. Everything. Lord, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. Teach me. Show me how to raise my kids. Show me how to discipline my son. Show me how, how you want me to spray this kitchen cabinet as I do part-time in Aurelia. Do everything as unto God, humbly in obedience, and you are going to walk in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? And the power of God is going to be revealed in your life, and people are going to see it. They're going to see it. Do people see Christ in us? Do people see a difference? Are we just blending right? Are we just, just like everyone else? Or is that light that God calls us to shine? Is it shining forth? And the fact is, the fact and the truth is, is that when it comes down to this obedient life, this walking out in, in humble obedience before God, there's many things that can be extremely hurtful and extremely hard, but they're, they're what God wants. Amen. And we're to obey. Amen. I want you to do this. Oh, God. And you know it's just going it's, it's to, you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose money. You might get fired. And God's like, I want you to do it. Are you going to obey me? Oh, but God, it's just going to affect my life in such a negative way. Are you going to obey me? Amen? Amen. Even when it hurts. And so we look here in the passage we just read that the disciples receive a hard truth from Jesus. And there's another portion in the scripture where a whole bunch of disciples uh, um, outside of the twelve were serving Christ. And Jesus is preaching to these multitudes and, he, and, and he's preaching hard. And he's preaching some serious truths of the gospel. And they're all like, Jesus, this is a hard saying. We're gone. And they left. And so Jesus turns to his 12 and says, are you gone? Are you going to go too? And you know what they said? Where do we go? Where, <laughs> where else do we go in this sick world? But Jesus. And they said, you hold the words to eternal life. And so they stuck by Jesus' side, amen? And so Jesus comes here another time at the disciples. And let's read here in verse 31 again. Jesus says, All, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised from the dead, I will go before you to Galilee. So Jesus says, All of you guys, all 12 of you, not just nine or not just three, all of you are going to be made to stumble. Now, the scripture doesn't record all 12 stumblings, does it? No, it doesn't, right? So he says to them, Jesus Christ said the word. He spoke a hard truth. You're going to stumble tonight, all of you guys. And so Peter, in his spiritual Superman, I'm going to tell this Jesus guy what's really up. And Peter speaks up in verse 33. And Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, Lord, because of you, I will never be made to stumble. How often and how many times have we been like, God, they might do that. Mom and dad, my friends might do that, but never me. How many have been there? 
I've been there. They might do that. That's, that's them. But oh, I would never do that. And the next week you find yourself doing it. Amen. And man, it's true. It happened to me. When I was 17 years old, I got into a relationship with a girl. She was a Christian. And I was a Christian. Let's fall in love. I didn't know what love was back then. And so I got into this relationship and for a whole year, I was sleeping with this girl, sexually perverse with this girl, living my life in full sin. A lot of you know my parents. They did not raise me like that. They, they were godly. And my dad's here tonight. He can tell you. He had a big leather belt. When I, I hit it when I was like eight. I was tired of the whoopings. But they didn't raise me like that. They raised me according to the word. I was raised in church, a Bible preaching, what else? Bible preaching church. Spirit, tongue talking, whatever they say. But I wasn't raised that way. And I remember one time, I remember very clearly, my mom said to me, I got home real late from this girl's house. And she said to me, Matt, what are you doing? They, they, they let me go. They were praying and praying. Man, they prayed for me so much. But they said, fine, you, you're at the age now, 17, 18, go ahead. And they trusted God because they knew that they raised me up in the way that I was to go. And according to the word, I won't depart from it when I'm older. And so they stood on that promise. And I remember one night my mom said the next morning, Matt, you got in late last night. Yeah. Matt, something bad's going to happen to you. You can be tempted. Don't, you can't be there alone with this girl. Mom, <laughs> mom, you phrased me in the Bible. We go to church on Sundays. You know I pray and do my devotions. I even give tithes to Jesus. <laughs> Matt, be careful. Not me, mom. Not me. Maybe them. No, don't worry about this boy. And the very next night, what was I doing? Messing around. Exactly what my mom warned me of. And for a whole year, I did that. And God brought me to a place of brokenness. And for months, he said, lose it, lose it, get rid of this, get rid of her, lose it, lose it, lose it. It was so bad. But her and I were both so convicted one night. We went to this church tent conference out where she lived. And there was hundreds of people there and powerful preaching. And we were so convicted. We went up to the altar, weeping, oh God, forgive us, Lord. We are sinning against you, God. We want, to, we want you to feel your love again. God, forgive us of our sins. And we're weeping. We go home after that and guess what we're doing? Why? Because I was walking in the flesh. It was all act. It was all flesh. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the next day, when I'm alone, no one's around, out comes my nasty flesh again. Amen? And so the disciples receive this hard truth and good old Peter comes out and he's speaking right out of his flesh. Not me, Lord. Not me, God. No, 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 no. They might do it. The eleven might do it. I know for sure one's going to do it because you said he was a devil. He's going to do it. <laughs> do you guys know what I'm talking about here? Judas. I know he will, but the other ten might, but not me. I'm with you, Jesus. I walked on the water. I've done some great things in your name. And Jesus says, they're going to come to me in the last days. Lord, Lord, I've done all these things in your name. And what's Jesus say? Welcome to my kingdom. Oh, you've done good. Depart from me. I never knew you. It's one thing to say we know God, but does God know us? Does God know us? Does He see us in the secret closet weeping out 
doesn't mean you have to be in there for two hours. Be in there for five minutes and pour your heart out to God. And then he knows you. Amen? So they receive this hard truth and Peter speaks out in his flesh. The very God in flesh told him they're going to stumble. And yet he has the, 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 he has the knowledge and he has the arrogance and he knows what it's up. And he's arrived to say, no, Lord, you're wrong. I mean, if God came in here, if Jesus Christ walked up here and told me something that I'm going to do in front of all you guys, and I was like, Lord, no, I'm not going to do that. What do you know? Well, first of all, I made you, and I made this earth, and I made the stars, and I made everything. Therefore, I know all, and I know this. And Jesus tells him that, but still, he's so stuck in his flesh. He knows it all that he still speaks up. And how often do you and I do that? I do it so much in my life. By God's grace. I want you to listen here to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. It says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. When you think you've arrived, be careful, because you will fall. Pride comes before a... I've got it going on. Me and Jesus, we're tight. We're walking it out in the Holy Spirit. Bam! There it comes. Because it's not real. It's in the flesh. I want you to listen to the translation in the Message Bible. It's incredible. 1 Corinthians 10.11 in the Message says, Don't be so naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. Peter thought he was exempt. No, Lord, I'm exempt. I'm, I'm different, Lord. And he says, You're not exempt, the Bible says. You could fall flat on your face just as easy as anyone else could. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless, the Bible says in the message. It's useless. Believe it in it. Why? Because we're flesh. We're sinners. All we want is what we can have for ourselves, what we can attain, what name we have, what people think of us. And he's like, it's useless. It, it's filth. He even says your, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Even, even the times that we're righteous, compared to God, it's like filthy rags. Amen? I heard a preacher say one time, who's, who's holier compared to God? The angels at his right side and left side worshiping him in heaven or the bacteria in the toilet? The living bacteria. You know what he said? Neither. Because compared to God, we all fall short. And that's the truth. And you think, wow, those angels. But compared, do you hear what I'm saying? Compared to God, holy, righteous God, we and I, we are nothing and every day we got to say, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. I want to love you. It's useless in our flesh, the Bible says. And it goes on to say, cultivate God's confidence within us. Cultivate God's confidence in us. And I find it amazing here as we read in verse 35 again. Excuse me, 34. Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, Peter. He reminds him, I say to you, Peter. Before the rooster crows, you will, you will, you will. He tells me. He first says that you guys have been to stumble. And Peter's like, no, no, no. And then he says, you will, uh, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so Peter speaks up again. He still hasn't gotten the point. He's still just so mighty in his flesh that he speaks up again to Jesus. And he says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. I will die for you, Jesus. If a gun's at my head, I will say, shoot the trigger before I deny you. And isn't it amazing that later on, later on in the scriptures, they leave that place. They go where? To the Garden of Gethsemane. And what happens? 
He takes Peter and two others, I forget their names, doesn't matter, Peter, maybe James and John, the three of his top men, they take Peter. And he says to Peter, the leader, and the three of them, he says, just stay up for one hour and watch me, because I'm going to die soon, I'm not going to be with you no more. So I'm going to go over there and pray. Just stay here, you three, and just, just watch. Just see the tears I weep. See the blood dripping from my, out of my sweat glands, because I'm so sorrowful, the Bible says. So just watch me just for one hour. Because I love you guys more than anything else. You guys mean everything to me. So just watch me, okay? And Jesus goes over there. And three times he goes back. And what are they doing? Oh, I'll die before I deny Jesus. But they fall asleep. And what does Jesus say to them after the third time? Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 41, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. As if they didn't know that before. And isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We can talk the talk. We can say all the right things, guys. I fail with this so often in my life. God, so often, I remember when I was going through that time of, of sexual sin in my life, I would leave her house and it would be a 20 minute drive home in the dark at like 1 in the morning. And I would be driving home bawling and weeping before God because I knew I just hurt Him. I knew I just disobeyed Him. I knew it. And so I'd be under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What are you doing? I love you. There's more than this, Matt. I want to raise you up, Matt. I want plans for you to be fulfilled in your life, Matt. What are you doing? And he would love me and he would chasten me because the Bible says he chastens whom he loves. And so I knew he loved me and I would weep for 20 minutes driving home in the black of, black of nights in the country. And I would weep and I would say to this, I would say this right here, God, I'll never do it again. I promise you, God, give me one more chance. I'll never do it again. And the very next day, I'm doing it again. And I go home weeping again. And I'm telling you the truth. God, forgive me. I just can't believe. I just promised you. Now I failed. God, just one more chance. I promise. And the next night. And the next night. And the next night. Why? Because you and me were unable. We are unable to live holy lives, obedient before God, unless we engage our spirits and say no. Amen? And that is hard to do. And so what do we do? We stay in the Word. We get up first thing. We say, Lord, I want to spend time with you because I know there's going to be temptations today. I know there's going to be things on TV that I might skim across and I might go back. I know that there might be some music I want to put on that's perverse and gross and sexual and nasty. And that's why I believe every day, oh God, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard getting up, putting Him first because of schedules. But if we make that sacrifice to seek Jesus first in our lives, he will empower us to be obedient for the day. Jesus says, don't think of tomorrow. Tomorrow's not even here yet. Leave that with me. And Jesus says, don't think of yesterday. It's done with. It's over. I've forgiven you. You've got a brand new start. The Bible says in Isaiah that he forgets about the sin as if it never even happened. So today he says, you have a new day. Why not start it off when you get up? Get up half an hour early and say, Lord, I want to obey you today. Help me, Lord. Get the truth of the word of God in you. David said, I hide the word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. And so if we hide the word in our hearts, guys, and if we walk in, if we walk in a prayer life, we make prayer our lifestyle, we still won't be perfect, but we will be empowered for that day to obey God. 
Amen? It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean when that temptation comes, it's going to be easy. But you're going to have the living word of God within you. I don't have to do this. I resist you, devil. And the word says that you must flee. And he goes, if you believe it. Amen? Amen. So we need to engage our spirits. I want you guys to turn as I close to the book of <clears throat> 2 Corinthians, if you can. We're going to close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> How many know the Apostle Paul? You could hear a pin drop in this place. <laughs> there we go. This one laughs. Good. But the Apostle Paul, of course, he's a man of God and God changed him and stuff. But Paul went through so much for the sake of the gospel. He, he, when he was converted, man, he was converted. Amen? Was he perfect? No, of course not. But he really meant when God changed him, knocked him off his horse and said, Lord, or Saul, you're now Paul. And he blinded him by his glory and he, and he, and he received his sight again by Ananias and he, and he started walking it out. And he, he was the real deal. He's an example. I don't know where it is, but Paul at one point in the scripture says, uh, what's the word? Um, be like me. And you know what I'm saying? Do what I do. Follow me. I mean, you arrogant man. Well, he, God gave him that confidence and that anointing so that he could say that, so that we could see his example. Amen. Because that's what it is. And so the Apostle Paul, man, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was lied about, he was mocked at, spit on, laughed at, thrown in jail, beaten, and at one point he even was stoned to death. I believe he died straight up. And the Bible says that they surrounded him, and they didn't just surround him, but they started praying, you rise, you rise, you rise, in Jesus' name. I mean, how much suffering? And so he gets up, and the scripture actually says in one part, where he was going from city to city, and Paul says in the scripture that the Holy Spirit spoke to him saying, um, Paul says, I don't know what's to come, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me that there's more tribulations coming my way. And he says, but it doesn't move me because I want to finish my race with joy because he says, I'm not living for He says, I don't count myself as nothing. And that's hard to do if you're walking in the flesh because when you're walking in the flesh, it's everything. But when you transform and you renew your mind and you say, Lord, obey, obey, obey you, God, help me to obey you in every little, even itty-bitty situation, then we start to walk in the Spirit. And, and then that starts to boil up where it's not about you no more. I don't care about me anymore. There's parts that God's still working on. There's pride still in me. But every morning I'm in my kitchen pacing, oh God, I'm a sinful man. I need your grace today to obey you, to love my wife, to raise my kids properly, to go to work and endure the junk there, to preach your word, to run the youth church. I need you, God, because I'm a fleshly, sinful man. And in that time he comes and he empowers me, amen? And so Paul, he went through so much and God's like, keep going because there's more. I mean, how much more tribulation can you face after dying for Jesus? Being stoned to death for Jesus. There's more. Keep going. I will, Lord. I want to obey you, Lord. Man, how hard is that, eh? Man. But the power of God and His grace comes. And so we look here in 2 Corinthians 12 <clears throat> as we close. Uh, verse 8 to 10. Thank you. If I can ask maybe the band or just one instrument, maybe the piano. Can the, pian the pianist come? Whoever is playing that piano. Or if, if she's gone. If you can just come, if you don't mind. I don't mean to put you on the spot. But just pat me up with some music if you can. Whatever you feel. 
But we look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 10. Before we read it, the Bible says in this chapter that Paul was given by God a thorn in the flesh. And what it was, it was a messenger of Satan. And what it says here, he says, lest I should be exalted, look at verse 7, above measure. He says, lest I should be anything, anything that I'm not, Paul says, by, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh, verse 7, was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Verse 8, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities, boast in my weaknesses, boast in my sin, boast in my flesh, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in hardships, pleasure in tribulations. I take pleasure in these hardships, Paul says, infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul had this thorn in his flesh that was given to him by God. And I don't know what it was exactly. The Bible doesn't say specifically other than it was a messenger of Satan. And it was in his flesh. So some sort of illness, some sort of affliction in his body was given to Paul. And Paul pleaded, it must have just... It must have just caused so much pain and discomfort that Paul was like, God, please take this from me. Take this from me, Lord. And he didn't just do it once. He didn't just do it twice. He pleaded three times. Oh, God, please take this from me. It's in my flesh and I can't get over this. I try, I try, I try, but I keep falling down. God, take it from me. And what does God say to Paul? He says, no. Because if I take it from you and let you walk the easy life as Superman Christian, then you have time to put your foot up on the TV or up on the coffee table, eat your chips and drink your pop, which is nothing wrong with in its due time, in its proper time. But then you have time to stop seeking me. Then you have time to stop. Because Paul, this hardship, this sin, even, yeah, even this sin, I'm using it so that you keep your eyes on me. And so that you live your life recognizing that you are unable to do this. And that my grace, not your strength, not your wisdom, not your wife or your husband or your career, none of that can do. But my grace, my grace is sufficient for you and you and you and you and you and me. Where would I be without the grace of God? Oh God, where would I be without His grace? I would be headed to hell. I would be headed straight to hell forever, as was spoken earlier. But by God's grace, He empowers me because I put some effort into it. Because I spend time with Him. Because I seek Him first. And I know that I'm not a perfect man. I know that I sin. I know my weaknesses. And God just might use these weaknesses as He did for Paul to use us for our strength. So, that, so we can say, Lord, I struggle with this. You know it. But God, my eyes are on You. Make me strong. In my weakness, I'm strong. And you go about your day declaring that by faith. You can go about your day saying, I'm weak. God, I'm struggling, but I'm strong. I'm strong. But if it has no faith, if it's not mixed, the Bible says if it's not mixed with faith, it's empty. But when you go about your day every day, just literally say it when you're at work, if you're, when you're at home, whatever, wherever you're at, just say, I am, when I'm weak, I am strong. 
Your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace, your grace, your grace. Because Lord, if I don't have your grace, I'm going to fall. If I don't have your grace, I'm going to mess up right now. Amen? Amen. Let's just stand in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just talk to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. I tremble before you, Lord. Who am I? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Almighty God. Lord, you're so pure. Oh, Jesus. My God. My God. You're so pure. There is no sin in you, oh, God. Oh, Lord. You are the pure, spotless Lamb, Jesus. And God, who are we to stand here tonight, God? Who are we to stand here in your presence? Oh, Lord, that you would come. Lord, your word says, who are we that you're mindful of us? My God, my God, my God. Bring us to that place of absolute humility, God. Bring us to that place of humility, God. Bring us to that place of understanding that we can't do this on our own. We can't play Christian. God, we can't play church, God. Look it around. Look around. Your word declares there's going to be famines and diseases and earthquakes. Look around us. Jesus, you're coming back soon, Lord. It's the truth, God. I don't even fully understand it, but God, it's the truth. Jesus is returning and he's coming for a spotless bride. And Lord, you know our weaknesses, God. You know our struggles, God. You know the things that just keep getting us every day, every day, every day, oh God. Lord, you saw me back when I was 18. God, you saw me, Lord. And you had grace on me. Lord, you had grace on my brother, Lord. And you're rising him up, Lord God. And you're using him, God, for your glory. God, you know, you know, God. And Lord, there is no condemnation towards your people. But God, there is the reality that sin cannot be in your presence. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.